Our Three Cents is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. For more information, please go to greenlitpodcasts.com. Hello, and welcome to the first of a mini-series of Our Three Cents episodes, where I, Chris Dow, am joined by good friend Minty Booth. That's me. To talk about video games, but in the absence of our usual and recently befathered host, Jonathan Dunn. For the remainder of this cursed year, 2020, allow the two of us to entertain you with a few off-kilter episodes outside of the purview of our sacred top 100 lists. Announcement! Announcement. YouTube. Search for R3Cents Podcast and we're there with special video episodes, archived streaming content and some other odds and sods. Instagram. Search for O3C Podcast and you'll see a selection of images from our day-to-day lives all hashtagged up the wazoo for maximum engagement. Facebook. Search for R3Cents and you can have a chit-chat with us and our community. Invite your friends. Invite your family. Invite your racist uncles. Finally, and more earnestly, if you enjoy what we're doing and want to offer us a little financial support, patreon.com slash r3cents has all of the details. There's perks, there's treats, there's little biscuits that are iced with our faces, probably. But this week's topic, babies. Oh, can't live with them, can't live without them, can't live without being one <laughs> at some point in your life. But before we slip into our nappies for the adult baby takeover, what have you been playing this week, Mr. Booth? Me? Well... I've played a couple of things. I've completed episode one, Knee Deep in the Dead, of the original Doom. Ooh. So you're going backwards. No, you're going forwards and then backwards, because you did two, 64, and now back to one. Yeah, yeah. I was. I, 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 I don't know why. I think it's because I, I enjoyed Doom 2 more. Yeah. But then Doom 64 came out, and I was like, well, that's the one that I enjoy the most. So, um, yeah, the, the first one I just, I just never picked up, but... I, I remedied that, so I beat I beat the first episode, and then I tried one of the uh, Bethesda.net approved add-ons. Oh, there's loads now, aren't there? There's like whole games yeah. worth. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's like three or four for each game, so you can play. Uh, I think like the established ones like Sigil and Plutonia and TNT and all the rest of it. I think you can play back to Saturn X as well, but the one that I picked up was um, I think it was called Wrecker. Wreck here, yeah. It's basically a complete reworking of Doom, but you're like a, a a prodigal Viking who comes back to all kinds of strange Nordic beasties, and instead of chain guns and plasma guns, it's like axes and mm. uh, bows and arrows and that sort of thing. And it is fucking rock solid. <laughs> I uh, like most of the enemies at the at this point are like folks in loincloths and those big old like dragonborn helmets. And yeah. I take one swing at you, and oh, you've taken off forty percent of my health. It's you know, it, it's good fun, and it's it's always incredible seeing what people can do with the Doom engine. But goodness me, I I, I need to get better at it so I can appreciate it a bit more. I think. I think it's nice that those ports now have like access to this extra stuff because i know like if you have doom on the pc there are 50 billion total conversions but yeah i I think it makes them feel more like curated parts of the the sort of doom universe and the doom experience that they are accessible just in a home console port yeah especially since the uh well especially since id software released the doom source code themselves so effectively legitimizing basically fan-made wads and all the rest of it it's nice that however few there are that sort of that that community spirit has been carried on 
in the new Bethesda age. Yeah. What else you played then? I've also started highly anticipated Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Oh, it's it's your job today to uh, make me go and buy it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sitting in front of a, a big pile of day one tat which you often get when you get a pre-order. So let me just take you through all the things you could have got if you bought it uh, at, the, uh, <laughs> at the time it came out. I've got six character cards, okay, which I don't want to call postcards because on one side you've got artwork of all, the, all six of the main characters, but then the other side... It's it's just the same design as the uh, as the poster and the notebook I've got. So there's nowhere to sort of stick a stamp or write, you know. Oh, ha- having a lovely time in Tangiers. <laughs> so I, I I I don't really know what they are or what they're for. I mean, they're, they're glossy, and while my life isn't better for having them, I appreciate the fact that they are here. There's also a lovely notebook which has sort of the grid paper. I think Nintendo got like a bulk deal on those because there's been yeah <laughs> there's been several. Uh, pre-orders now that have included that with a different cover like the the mario maker 2 mario maker yeah well mario maker it made sense because um the 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 actual making of the mario levels was grid based yeah and then the last thing is um just the uh the cover art in a poster which um i'm not going to put up because i'm not in my first year of university anymore (laughs) (laughs) so um that's the uh, the physical side of things over let's talk about the actual game um is, is it good is it good oh it's really good it's oh. it's so good it's like hyrule warriors was just a like a a, a musu game yeah. with uh you know link and zelda and all the rest of it but this new game feels so much like breath of the wild it's it's very much like oh this is this is the game that happened before Breath of the Wild. It's not just Dynasty Warriors, but one of them has a green hat, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the actual yeah. game mechanics are applied so well to the general uh, feel, the general aesthetic of uh, Breath of the Wild. It's 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 really a wonderful game. And I've just got to the point where the all the flashbacks in Breath of the Wild, they, they, they take you so far into what happened 100 years ago. But then this game, it'll take you that far, and then a little bit further, Ooh. and I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, I have some theories, but I don't want to. Um, I don't want to a spoil them for you, yeah. and b be wrong on the internet where people can make fun of me. <laughs> so I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna say everything you know from flashbacks and cutscenes in the original game. You play through it, and then there's so much more. Playing as all of the champions, as expected, is wonderful and varied, and each character and each weapon they have uh, makes each playthrough of every scenario different based on how you have to play them. Um, it's not just, oh, this is Link with the sword. Oh, okay, uh, here's a different character that's basically the same. They just have a different shaped sword. It's kind of just the same way to play it. Every character has new mechanics and new playstyles to really make them effective. It really makes you think. So you can't just sort of blast through every single scenario as Link. You might need to play as Rivali, the uh, the champion of the Rito, for one map. But he doesn't have a sword. He has a bow, and he can also fly. You have to learn how to do that, and it's it's really great. Like every single map is just so different, but so rooted in the uh, the, the singular gameplay philosophy of Breath of the Wild. It's it's joyous. It's really really wonderful. And that's what I've been playing. I, I can't wait to pick it up. 
Right, on to my week then. Mm. Yeah, what have you been playing? I've had a, a reasonably light games week. I've returned to the original Hyrule Warriors uh, Definitive Edition to try and stave off my, my crippling desire to pick up Age of Calamity. <laughs> I'd been holding off until payday, and then I haven't quite rushed out and bought it yet. But I think your, your glowing praise is going to be the thing that tips me over the edge. Hyrule Warriors, it, it may not be current, because it's, it's quite a few years old now, if you go back to the Wii U release, but it's, it's still amazing. Mm. And and playing it this week, like and and especially because a couple of weeks ago I edited that R three Sense Approved video, and and when I put that up on the YouTube channel and kind of watched through all of our collective thoughts on it again, it it really did show what a great game it was and how much we all enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, the the three of us that yeah yeah. It's what really stands out about Hyrule Warriors more than the other Dynasty Warriors titles, I think, is that it's not just a, a mindless sort of hack and slash power fantasy thing. Like it, it does have that, absolutely. But it's also got this simple battlefield management and it's got elements of, of timing and, and like quite layered combat. Uh, it's got collectibles and it's got a much wider sort of series appreciation than I think anyone would have given it credit for when it was first announced. For this week, I, I started one of the, the adventure maps that I hadn't touched in the in the Switch release, mm. and it's just been such fun, like romping through each challenge and, and deciphering the the additional objectives or, or A rank requirements. Like about a year ago, I, I lent this game to a friend who just did not gel with it at all. Oh. And and whilst I'm all about people liking the things they like and, and disliking the things they don't, I just yeah. think they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but like like for, for for you, me, and Jonathan, we all have quite varied tastes and specific kind of genre interests. Mm. But our shared love of this thing, I think, really speaks for me to this game having an almost universal appeal, like outside of just being for fans of Zelda or, or fans of, of Dynasty Warriors games, because, you know, a lot of us had very limited experience of those at all. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's about it, really. And, and I imagine next week I'll be talking about its sequel, prequel, Age of Calamity. Well, fantastic. I, I'd, be, I'd be excited to hear your thoughts on it. I'm sure yeah. you'll, uh, you'll build on my, uh, on my initial and hurried thoughts of the game in your... In your... <laughs> In your trademark florid style. We'll see. We'll see. Always flowery. <laughs> now, of course, it wouldn't feel entirely right uh, without a few words from the central pillar of this show. So to fill us in on his stolen gaming moments, we're going to hear from our robotic stand-in, Jonotron Dunn. After you both spoke about it, I've given Yonder a go. Really beautiful game. Very relaxing. It does need a bit of refinement of a crafting system to make it a bit less grindy though. And it would also be useful to have functionality to see on the map where certain materials were. It reminded me a bit of fantasy life, which is always a good thing. A really small thing that I loved that I think would pass a lot of people by was the way the focal length of a camera changes as you move it around. So if you have got the camera above your character it is at fairly normal focal length, maybe about 24mm, but if you move the camera down lower and look up at your character the focal length seamlessly shifts from to a wider angle. It makes it so cinematic without making a show of it. I am sure no one else would notice what it is doing, but would enjoy it without knowing how it is doing it. Cheers for that! <laughs> Thank you, Jonatron Dunn. <laughs> so, babies, eh? Oh, boy. I mean, for those unaware, uh, Jonathan and wife Sammy have recently had a beautiful baby girl. And, and what better way to celebrate this than to talk about games that relate to babies? 
Now, for a chunk of this week, uh, myself and Minty have been racking our brains to try and think of games that either star or revolve around small infants. Minty, have you found any any zingers this week? Have you uncovered any any real stars? Well, it's tricky because thinking about video games, most of them revolve around the protagonist's uh, ability. <laughs> I suppose that they're you know the ability to swing a sword, cast a spell. Shoot a gun, that sort of thing. You think of all these things, and could a baby do any of them? <laughs> no, not really. Limited, um, limited at best. I mean, they can sort of wriggle around their arms and shit and scream and cry. That's kind of... <laughs> that, it, for better or worse, it's the MO of a baby. I, I, I couldn't really find that many games that, that have that as a, as, a, as a central mechanic, but I did find one. Yeah. Um, which places you firmly in the driving seat of a baby. I don't quite know uh, where this game is in its uh, development life, but I remember a two-player co-op game from a few years ago that was played on the uh, on the Northern Lions Super Show called Who's Your Daddy? Okay. The premise of the game is one of you plays a baby and one of you plays the father. So it's the baby's um, job to, from what I from what I understand, it's the baby's job to die <laughs> from many of the uh, from many of the household hazards that one might find in their abode, and it's the dad's job to uh, stop that baby from dying um, by being just just a father. Yeah. Um. So you know you can if you're playing the baby, you need to uh, like get into the cupboards, drink. Uh, cleaning chemicals, uh, get trapped in the fridge, that sort of thing. Drown yourself in the bath—all, all things <laughs> that babies are known for. <laughs> they bloody love it. <laughs> oh, they're, they're mad for it. You can't stop them. And, and then you've got the the father who can, with his uh, higher rank in in the household, his uh, his his role in the game. It's not only keeping the baby alive, but also doing chores around the house. Uh, every time you start up a new game, text flashes up on the screen that says, uh, "Mum will be home at four p.m." So you have so much time to uh, fold some uh, fold some washing, cook some salmon to feed the baby, which acts as uh, like a health potion if they if they get into the bleach or whatever. <laughs> as as we know, I'm I'm only I'm only on the Nintendo, so I haven't really got a way to play it, but. It's very much one of those games that you can just watch other people play and have just as much fun um, watching as you do playing. It's it looks very very funny. It's it's a really good concept. Yeah, maybe I I don't know if my opinion would be tilted slightly towards apprehension if I had my own child, but um, <laughs> yeah, just maybe. the idea of a, <laughs> the idea of sort of a low poly baby crawling around the house turning slightly greener as they ingested more and more hazardous chemicals and uncooked fish <laughs> it's it's just hilarious <laughs> yeah we'll have to give it a go we'll have, we'll have to see if we can uh, sort that out at some point <laughs> mm. i mean i i did some digging I, I thought of a few games but a lot of these are games that i haven't played again so not even as much as as you having watched a playthrough these are ones that i just know exist <laughs> which is is not tremendously yeah, helpful yeah. like there's a game called among the sleep which is a horror game where you are a baby but obviously being a horror game i've i've never played it <laughs> i know it exists but mm. the chance of me playing it is pretty slim 
if you remember, well, you certainly remember because this this featured on your list the the dogs with a Z and cats with a Z franchise. Yeah. Oh yeah. Inexplicably, birthed a spin-off called Babies with a Z. Babies. Yeah. <laughs> but having a look at that, like I was going to see if I could install it and at least see what it looked like. But the box art was enough to put me off even trying to get a copy to play on my laptop. <laughs> like it's it's horrible. Really, really disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I I only ever played dogs and cats because they were gifted to me. Like. Just think, if, if Babies was gifted, it could have been totally different. I, I, I don't know how that... I, I don't know how the, how the gameplay would translate to having a baby, because, like, I'm pre- pretty sure when I've talked about it previously, but the way that I got enjoyment out of playing dogs and cats was trying to get them to run away as fast as I could. <laughs> and then it's very much like, who's your daddy again? It's a, a proto-version. Yeah, like, man... <laughs> Some people in our in our Patreon exclusive Discord had mentioned uh, a Death Stranding, the Hideo Kojima game, as a recent semi baby themed game, since it features a weird tyke in a jar that Norman Reedus has to ferry about for some reason. But again, I, I haven't played it. Classic. Like I, I think that is one of the games that you know in, in semi recent sort of AAA titles. I think I would enjoy it mm. after someone described it to me as being a bit like Euro Truck Simulator, but on foot. <laughs> so the idea of just walking about yeah, was like, yeah. oh, well, I, I quite like the idea of just like a world and, and that sort of wanderlust you get from just adventuring. But yeah, I couldn't tell you anything about what that game actually is to play. Mm. Something I did pick up and, and have a little blast on today that I found a game in the um, eShop sale, the perpetual eShop sale called Daddish which is about a radish who's a dad. <laughs> okay, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so within the first few seconds, he he falls asleep and he loses his radish children. And then it's basically just a, a SNES-themed platformer to, to get them back with some added sort of collectible type things. The first world or so was pretty enjoyable. It, it feels a bit like Kirby-ish almost, okay. um, which is quite nice. And it, it, it seems reasonably solid. It's about a quid, as, as games so often are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's baby and dad themed very, very loosely. Mm. The other game I found on the eShop, and, and despite watching the trailer, I did not buy, uh, is a game called Pooplers. <laughs> <laughs> From what I could gather, it's it's a bit like Splatoon. It's a multiplayer game like Splatoon, where your aim is to cover the ground with colour, except the trailer justifies these coloured trails as being baby shit that you just, like, drag about okay. with, with your little kid. Super, yes. Now... I obviously I don't have first hand experience of this. Maybe Jonathan, when he hears this, can update us on if his daughter appears to be able to control the colour of her excrement. Mm. <laughs> because uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty exotic in the trailer. Yeah. Well one experience of having a baby sibling that's burned into my memory is telling the midwife when she came for a visit that my sister, the first night she came home, had a poop that was half black and half green. <laughs> Like, Halloween thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you know she did the green and black poo? That's like a mint Vionetta. Yeah. <laughs> it's... So, yes, I this game is rooted in fact, and I'm thankful for it. Let's have a look at it. Oh, wow, some of these are white. Blue? No. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's, it's rooted in, in full reality. I think they've, they've bent the truth a little bit there. Now, the, the main game that, that sprang to mind when we were obviously discussing this topic uh, of, of bouncing baby bows was the original Yoshi's Island uh, on the SNES. Yes. Now, my my experience of this game is is reasonably limited. As a Nintendo man through and through, surely you have a few memories of, of this weird sequel to uh, Super Mario World, Minty? Yes. Um, it's I've, I've beaten it 100%. 
Well, there we go. You're the man for the job. Yeah. When it was, I think it was Super Mario Advance 2 or 3? <laughs> Super Mario Advance 3. That numbering system is bananas, isn't it? Yeah. I just, wow. Yeah. Because it was Super Mario 2 was Super Mario Advance. Super Mario World was Super Mario Advance 2. Yoshi's Island, which is Super Mario World 2, <laughs> was Super Mario Advance 3. <laughs> and then Super Mario 3 was Mario Advance 4. Naturally, naturally. Yeah, so yes, I have played it. I've played it thoroughly. I have I thoroughly put it over my knee and given it a good spanking for drawing over the walls of my uh, <laughs> proverbial house. Uh, and I also played a couple of levels earlier this week, just to refresh my memory. And I think... From the opening cutscene, you would think this isn't a game about being a, about being a baby. This is a game about being a brother. Yeah. Because uh, the, the the initial cutscene has all the Yoshi's looking over the baby Mario, and then the the uh, the subtitles pop up and say uh, the baby seemed to have an innate understanding of where his brother was, which uh, just hints at the uh, at the at the sibling bond that uh, that many people do. Um, but then you can look a little little deeper into it, and you can see that it's it's very much a it's very much a video game representation of what Nintendo assumes a parenthood to be. Yeah, um, you've got you've got the Yoshi, who is obviously the uh, the parent figure, and then the, all the other Yoshis are people like um, uh, neighbors, uh, family members people who run playgroups, the people who work at the shops, postmen, that sort of thing. All the adults in a baby's life that keeps them safe and engenders their development. And then you've got things like uh, the bubbles that allow you to turn into uh, perhaps a, a helicopter, a submarine, <laughs> a sort of weird like mole digger thing with a great big uh, drill on the front of your nose. These are things that say, while you have a specific role as caregiver um, to a dependent infant, sometimes your roles are going to have to change to provide the best care. And then, of course, you've got Kamek and Baby Bowser, the antagonists of the game, who are clearly representative of all the uh, all the dangers that a newborn infant might face in life, like, um, like, a, like an uncovered plug socket, um, a busy main road, uh, a grape that's not been cut in half. <laughs> Those bottles of bleach under the sink. Bottles of bleach under the sink, raw fish that's just been left in the fridge with reckless abandon. Yeah, so despite it looking like just a like a, a, a normal sort of left field Nintendo sequel, um, perhaps in the vein of a soft Majora's Mask, there's also quite a deep subtext to it, which I think every parent or expecting uh, parent should play to really gain an understanding of what's going to be expected of them in this 18-year-long next stage of their life. How about you? I mean, you've summed that up really, really well. As, as someone who's obviously played a lot more of this game than me, not having had it as a kid on the SNES or the, or the GBA, that this week is, is the first time I've really given this much proper time. And, and for playing the first few worlds this thing, I have to say, like you kind of just mentioned, if looking after a child is even half as stressful as it is in Yoshi's Island... Jonathan and Sammy, I, I salute you both. <laughs> like, oh, the, yeah. Because yeah. the main mechanic, like that anytime you take a hit, you need to drop everything to scramble to collect baby Mario as he just pinballs about the stage in a little bubble. It's it's really stressful. And, and it's like, it's, it's that feeling of, of chasing pockets of air like in a Sonic game. 
yet here it's like playing a sonic level where you can just be chucked into the drink at any point mm. it's, it's like it's just ever present this idea of like you say just the worldly dangers for for a, a tiny child i hate baby mario going into that bubble when you get hit by an enemy <laughs> i hate his voice <laughs> <laughs> It's so aggressive, isn't it? Such a gruelling sound to have to put up with for long periods of time. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, yeah. there's a stage, uh, I think it's only about two stages in, where chain chomps are leaping from the background to the foreground. With the chain chomps, yeah. They cleave the level. Yeah. And and even with like the shadows telegraphing where they were going to fall each time, mm. I got hit so many times. And and nine times out of ten, then I would fall directly into the hole because I was trying to like flutter jump my way to Mario, just yeah. in in a mad panic straight away. Yeah, it's it's a stressful game, but I think it's also stressful because it's far more mechanically dense than I was expecting or prepared for for a game you know of this era. Mm. The original Super Mario World that came out at the console's launch is a very very tight streamlined game, and and if you've played a platform game since the the NES, really, you know how to play it. But but Yoshi's Island, and, and as we said, this is Super Mario World 2. This is a direct sequel in, in name. But it has you having to obviously juggle the immediate protection of, of Baby Mario. He's got the timer that relates to how long he can float before being abducted by Kamek's forces. You've got your egg count, the ammunition that you need to actively swallow and then lay to, to produce these eggs. You've got your score that you're trying to manage if you want like a good grade for each stage. And, and all of this is while using a moveset that is familiar, but still really alien because of the ability to kind of direct your projectiles and things that you've never had in a Mario game. You've got the, the fluttery jump to hover in the air, which is which is different to Mario again. You've, you've got the ground pound. You've got the ability to kind of uh, kick if you're not holding eggs or, or shoot eggs if you are. You can use your tongue as a, as a short range weapon. Uh, you know, th- there's just, there's a lot to manage, I think, for a, for a 2D platformer. And... Again, I think, like you said, with, with this having like a subtext to it, maybe that's the whole point that I think it, it's supposed to be a game that is quite difficult to multitask and, and kind of learn to to get through. Because, you know, we, we said a few times we're not speaking firsthand from from having our own children. Mm. But the idea of multitasking seems pretty apt, considering in the last week alone, we've we've been sent photos of Jonathan obviously cradling his baby in one arm placating the dog with the other and then you can see the switch playing age of calamity in the background all simultaneously yes. <laughs> like i, I think <laughs> parenthood is, is really hard work and you know th- this is one of the i guess you, you'd call it like a text that that is really quite avert in and i think how difficult it can be mm. yeah it's it's a good game I, I think it's a really good game and and i need to give it a lot more time to really you know dig into it properly but I'm glad this episode was an excuse for me to actually play it. You know, it's it's not long out since I beat uh, Mario World for the first time in the last year. And maybe this will be the game that I, I finish my year with, uh, just picking off levels here and there. Yeah, yeah. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. I think the real take-home from Yoshi's Island, though, is uh, this was the, the kickstart for Baby Mario's Legacy. <laughs> do you do you have any favourite appearances of the, the little chubster with the big hat? Um, not really. <laughs> I'm... I should... I have to say, I'm not a fan of babies. No, I mean, you know, he's he's got a career driving. He's he's appeared in in several Mario Kart games now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think the best the best appearance of his for me is Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, just because he's not like he, he's not just relegated to a weight class. Yeah, 
he actually has some bearing on the story. I mean, how many of the Mario sports games is, is Baby Mario in? I'm, I'm trying to like visualise in my head. Let's have a look. I'm sure he was in some of the tennis ones. I remember like the racket being bigger than his head. Here we go. List of appearances of Baby Mario. <laughs> Here we go. Yoshi's Island, Mario Golf, Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color, Mario Tennis on the N64 and the Game Boy Color, Mario Kart, Yoshi Touch and Go, which we love, uh, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, Mario Superstar Baseball, oh. Yoshi's Island DS, Mario Kart Wii, Mario Super Sluggers. Oh, that's a big one. Uh, Mario Tennis Open, Yoshi's New Island, Mario Kart 8, uh, the Arcade Mario Kart, GPDX, and Mario Sports Superstars. So Quite a few. Quite yeah, a few. quite a few, yeah, yeah. Working in almost as hard as the Disney Channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, do we dare unpick the, the metaphysical complications of adult Mario and baby Mario appearing in the same games? <laughs> Is that something we're supposed to worry about? <laughs> well, it's addressed in Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. And oh, they just come go. through time portals and there's no paradoxical implications because you can lift up the baby and use it as a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose that does address my concern that, you know, Mario Kart 8 DX allows you to fill almost the entire starting lineup with Mario variants. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that there's got to be some some ramifications there. But, you know, if, if the game says it's fine, it's fine. It can be Red Mario, Small Red Mario, Long Mario, Small Long Mario, Green Mario, Green Mario <laughs> Fat Mario, Fat Evil Mario. So, yeah, I guess what this essentially confirms, there is a Mario multiverse. Uh, and I suppose it, mm-hmm. it started with Yoshi's Island. Yeah, uh, yeah. In in essence, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get a new expansion of this MCU, if you will, with the <laughs> uh, with the new Illumination Mario film that's coming out. Oh God, I forgot that was even happening. Yeah, I'm I'm so what's the word? I'm very tentative on on the the potential of that because Illumination is like the Minions gang, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've worked diligently not to watch the Despicable Me or Minions films. Mm. And I I just, I can see there being some sort of at least crossover Easter egg in, in any sort of potential Mario film that will just upset me quite deeply. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll get a pokey that's just four Minions on top of each other. <laughs> I don't want it to happen. In fact, what's the, what's, what's the date of recording? It is, uh, it's the 29th of November, 2020. It's the 29th of November. Uh, it's, it's quarter to seven in the evening. Um, if in the Super Mario movie from Illumination, there is a pokey that is made up of four minions on top of each other. Well, I, I, I can't really demand anything of anybody, but I just want people to know that I was, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess on, on that, that's the end of this this first in a mini-series of bonus episodes leading us up to the new year. If you have enjoyed this episode, or indeed any episode, please subscribe, share, or, or even send us a nice message. Uh, we are available on any of the old socials, as I mentioned, facebook.com slash r3cents, YouTube and Instagram at r3centspodcast and o3c podcast respectively. And if you want to make us all smile that little bit more, you can shoot over to patreon.com slash r3cents to pledge a few pence to help keep this train a-rolling. 
If you would like to shout at us individually, talk to us about babies if you want. I am painfully online, perhaps forever, uh, on Twitter, at Chaz underscore Hodges. And I am both knowledgeable and love talking about babies at Clement underscore Boo. <laughs> we look forward to piping our thoughts into your ear holes again, same time next week. Mm. So from us, it's a goo goo gaga and a, and a ta Yes, uh, goodbye from me, suddenly upset, possibly shitting myself as we speak. <laughs> oh, the Vianetta surprise. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. Welcome to Casual Magic, the show where we explore the fun side of Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Shivam Putt, and each week we delve into everything from casual formats to explorations of creatures and card types to interviews with designers of the game. At Casual Magic, we believe that it just isn't magic without the gathering. Come along and play! The award-winning Go Nintendo podcast covers the latest Nintendo news while also diving into what's hot in pop culture, music trivia, hands-on impressions, and so much more. Hopefully we can make you laugh, too. You'll find new episodes of the Go Nintendo podcast on the Greenlit Podcast Network every single week.